Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Tell me you're an investigator. More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. Without a taint. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Booyah! Welcome to Ale with Angel, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Today on Ale with Angel, we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 3 of Angel, entitled In the Dark. Yes. Not in the Navy. <laughs> in the Dark. You, you fucked up the running joke. There was a running joke? Yeah. Fucking up the title of our show. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing. I apologize. We did it on the other two episodes. I'll get it right next time, Rex. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I generally strive to do things better in the future. <laughs> and sometimes I succeed. Looks like today is not yet that day. <laughs> anyway... Just had to get a swig of beer in first. Yeah. It's not truly Ale with Angel. I'm still having trouble. <laughs> I almost said it. I almost fucked it up. It's it's not truly an episode of Ale with Angel or Beer with Buffy, for that matter, until alcohol has officially been imbibed. Yes. And uh, Keanu Speed Rex. Reeves be with you. We have not said that in a while. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with us? We, we are bad followers. Especially <laughs> have not said it on Ill with Angel yet. Yeah. And we absolutely should have been leading with that. Right. So we're fucking it up. You're welcome, everybody. It wouldn't be us if we weren't fucking it up right out of the gate. Speaking of Keanu, if you follow us on Twitter, you may have noticed that Josh found something. I found a very special item indeed. It's not like it's something that you couldn't run to your local Target and pick up right now and no, they're not sponsoring this. Someday no. maybe we'll have a sponsor. <laughs> but sure. I you know, I just thought if anybody started listening to us because we're reviewing Angel all of a sudden and you haven't listened to a single episode of Beer with Buffy, well, uh, well, then what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> now go listen to it so we can add it to the list of things that are wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, let me explain to you, like a child, that we may or may not have founded... The cult of Keanu Reeves, or the church of Keanu Reeves, I don't know, insert religion word here, of Keanu Reeves. At the very least, we have founded a sect of worshipping Keanu. I think he, plenty of people worship him. Yeah, I don't think we were the first. We were definitely not the first. But we definitely started our own little uh, special Keanu Reeves thing, just because he's, like, probably the best person alive. 
Definitely the best famous person alive. Yeah, I don't remember why it's relevant, which is why you need to go back (laughs) and listen to all of Beer with Buffy. All of it. Honestly, I kind of would like somebody to let us know how we got started on that, because I don't remember at all. Well, I just know that it was the same episode where we made the Kool-Aid Man joke for the first time. And I don't remember the lead-in. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a little bit. But, you know, Keanu Speed, Rex. Reeves be with you. Reeves damn well be with me. So anyway, I found (laughs) Keanu Reeves coloring books at Target. And they only had three left. And they're sold out of quite a few other stores. And my new job has me traveling around to all sorts of different retail outlets. And I I was there... And they laughed at me when I was like, hey, do you have a Keanu Reeves coloring book? (laughs) I had like five employees standing around doing nothing and then suddenly looking for a Keanu Reeves coloring book for me. (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. This is about as hilarious as the fact that there actually are Keanu Reeves coloring books somewhere in this store. And I found them. And I took a picture of myself with them, and I think we are uh, well behind schedule for having some sort of contest for, yeah. a, for a free giveaway, and that will be the prize. We're going to give away at least two. I want to keep one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know if those are, like, limited edition. I'm definitely keeping at least... I'm keeping one for myself for now, and we're going to give away at least two. The best suggestion I've heard so far for a contest is you pitch us ideas for a... Keanu Reeves, Buffy, and or Angel mashup fanfic, and then we pick our favorite one and a runner-up, and those people get yeah, I like that the coloring books. I think we're probably going to go with that, but we're going to take this episode just to let you sit with that and see if we get any better suggestions over the next two weeks, because by the way, we are releasing bi-weekly now, if you hadn't noticed. Yeah, yeah. If you have an idea and you want to send it to us, you can email us. Buffy at gmail.com. Yep. You can give us a call and leave a voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can also text that number if you don't want to actually talk. Yep. Uh, and then there's also Facebook and Twitter at beerwithbuffy.com. Yep. At beerwithbuffy. Just beer with Buffy, beer with Buffy, beer with Buffy. Yeah. Across the board on all social media for us. We're not on Instagram. We don't really do pictures I mean, if you see that picture of me with the coloring books, you might understand why. (laughs) I'm not the most photogenic person. I promise you I'm not that ugly in real life. But it's just the lighting and the camera. And I was in my car and I just got off of work. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I should probably, you know, trim my beard more often or get a haircut or something. Yeah, you look like a hippie. I haven't been able to go to the gym since COVID-19 started. Oh, God. I got the foot problems, so I can't <laughs> run anymore. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to stop making excuses for yeah. why I hate how I look these days. And uh, body positivity, body positivity. I'm a very pretty man. Actually, several of my female friends have told me that. Damn right. On more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that I have asked them to stop. Yeah, you know what? I actually... Uh... <laughs> I might kick myself for permanently embedding this into a a podcast episode, but (laughs) I recently met a girl. What could possibly go wrong? And uh, I'm actually kind of trying to get this episode done because I'm going to go hang out with her tonight at a bonfire. 
And there's my lead-in, because I wanted to tell this story about buying firewood at the local Menards. So I decided (laughs) it doesn't matter who checks me out. Old lady, young dude, middle-aged, gender fluid something. Doesn't, Doesn't matter. I don't care who. I'm going to make this really awful joke. And it ended up being a young girl. This poor unfortunate soul <laughs> checked me out with this these six bundles of firewood filling up an entire shopping cart. And I turned to her as I'm as I'm paying at the card reader. I turned around and completely deadpan. Completely deadpan. I'm like, hey, can I get bags for these? <laughs> and I'm not gonna describe her the look on her face as pure panic. But she took me 100% seriously, and I felt so bad for her. (laughs) You know how you can tell that you're not a bad person? You felt bad for making that joke. I was going to say, you can't, because I am, for making that joke in the first place? No, because you weren't serious. (laughs) Oh, God, but fucking with people in retail, like, they're not there to have a good time. You don't know how long they've been there. They don't want to hear your dad jokes. But sometimes it's nice to get a, you'll never believe what this customer did to me story. Right. I I think she was okay with it after I was like, oh my God, I'm kidding. I'm 100% kidding. She was like, hey man, you don't know the kind of shit I hear about around here. Like, you don't even know. And I was like, I get it. And she... And she tried to, like, get in on the joke real quick. She, like, tossed me a roll of tape and was like, Eric, do it yourself. I'm like, that's the right answer. (laughs) So I had a good time buying some firewood. It was good times. Yeah, anyway, we got got a show to do here. Weird. Uh, You said you wanted to read off some patrons. Ah, yes. It's our new thing. Uh, We're going to always, always thank our current Patreon subscribers because you make our show possible. Our Patreon subscribers consist of Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, Kefro Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, Alexandria Ware von Brunt, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathak, Carol Jude, Ollie from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. You complete me. Yes, yes. Every one of you. Except for the ones that don't. You know who you are. Because <laughs> they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> anyway. <That's good. laughs> right? <laughs> and I wanted to read off a couple more of our iTunes reviews that we got. Uh, first yes. one. Rex we... is actually participating in the yes. podcast, guys. It's weird. I know, right? <laughs> uh, the first one we got today is a review by Con Friends says oh i mean it it wasn't today we're actually working our way through our backlog of older reviews because we haven't had any newer reviews recently only you can make that not the true current thing anymore (laughs) moving on uh this review is from con friends (laughs) titled the best buffy podcast best is all caps mind you yep I've listened to several Buffy podcasts, and this is by far my favorite. These guys are funny, intelligent, and get Buffy. Also, seem like they would make great drinking buddies. Damn right, con friends. We do make great drinking buddies, if we do say so ourselves. And we do. Yes. 
By the way, if you happen to be looking through our reviews, you'll see one entitled Beer with Buffy Josh. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> it's no shame. It's not somebody fucking with us. You can do that. You can totally review yourself. And I did. Next review. Hey, I happen to think that we have a great show. I do as well. If you're not your own podcast's biggest fan, you're doing it wrong. Completely agree. Uh, next review is Lilu Juno. Lilu. Titled Can't Get Enough. Lilu says, I've listened to every episode and can't wait for the next one. Okay, I can wait, but I'd rather not. Damn right. <laughs> it strikes just the right balance between mockery and admiration. I haven't watched Buffy since Netflix took it off, so this helps fill the void. Well, guess what? It's on Hulu now, so, you know, just start accumulating yeah. all of the streaming platforms. These guys do a great job, and I think any Buffy fan would appreciate and enjoy the podcast. Goddamn right. woo Hey, everybody, just keep those reviews going. We're slowly making our ranks up the search list on iTunes, and we just really want to be the very top. Yeah, it really does help us, guys. It it helps us place better on iTunes, which makes us more visible to a wider audience. Yeah. And the more popular we feel, the more fun we're going to be. We still get around half our listens through iTunes. Yeah, and all of our self-esteem comes from narcissistically sitting around going, <laughs> My God, we're good. Hey, Rex, did you realize that we are quite possibly the second best Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast on the market? Second, I, I don't know about you, but I think we're better than that. Well, <laughs> there's always going to be that one podcast that I just don't think we're going to surpass in the numbers anyway. Oh yeah, well we'll never surpass in numbers. I'm not going to use their title on our podcast. No, it's probably a bad idea. It is. You know the one I mean. Yeah. If you're listening to us, you've listened to them. But we're definitely the best. <laughs> anyway, it's time for a mom synopsis, or are we still doing a dad synopsis? Well, what do you think, Rex? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. What the hell do you think? <laughs> All right, yeah, fuck this guy. I'm talking to my kid. Joshua, when are you going to stop paying rent? Uh, <laughs> when's your generation going to go back in time and not fuck up the economy, Dad? Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, how's that theater degree working out for you? You magnificent poof. Wait, was that a was that a compliment or an insult? Take your pick. You're not my real dad. Oh yeah? How would you know? <laughs> because you're a caricature I created to be an amalgamation of toxic masculinity loosely based on multiple other family members and men I've met throughout my life. Like I said, a magnificent poof. And I felt like you would be an appropriate distinction from my mother for Ale with Angel, since the protagonist of the show happens to be male, and the protagonist of Buffy happens to be female. Hurry up and synopsisize the episode before I get bored and go out for a pack of cigarettes and never come back. <laughs> oh, and also, by the way, you probably shouldn't code your podcast episodes based on gender. Ass. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. That's actually a very insightful comment. Yeah. Huh. I just have to say, poof is a perfectly fine compliment. I have a poofy cat. I thought he was floofy. He is. He's both. Look at him laying there. <laughs> like a big fucking poof. <laughs> anyway. So Angel finally has a paying customer. Woohoo! 
Well, he has a customer anyway, but her story <laughs> takes a severe backseat because old Spikety Boy is in town to continue trying to steal the Ring of Amara. Again, which gives its wearer <laughs> complete invulnerability. Oz is also in town, specifically to give Angel the Ring of Amara, so Spike kidnaps Angel, hires a vampire to torture him, threatens Cordelia and Doyle with Angel's demise if they don't find the ring and give it to him, and with Oz's help, they bust Angel loose from his torture dungeon, and in the chaos, the hired torturer steals the ring and goes in search of some tasty, tasty Boy Scouts at the beach. Angela and the Scooby 2.0 starter kit with limited edition one-time-only Oz attachment help Angel <laughs> kick some ass... And get the ring back. Then promptly destroy it like a moron. The end. That hit me completely off guard. You're welcome. That was excellent. <laughs> you do it again. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Yeah, so cold open. Cold open. Uh, dark alleyway, woman running down the, the alley. D-Bag McGee, number 843. Yep. He's, he's about to shoot her. I, they said some things. I don't yeah, know. They, I wasn't they listening. They have a relationship. He's he's fed up with her shit, apparently, and he, he's going to shoot her. Uh, he he definitely looks a bit drugged out. Yeah, he's he's a tweaker. He's a real winner. Yeah, she's like, "Are you just gonna beat me to death right here in the alleyway?" And he's like, "I mean, it's L.A." And he, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. Um, uh, but he doesn't get the chance to shoot her because Angel shows up and kicks his ass right into the pavement or whatever you kick yeah. asses into. Right in the into the ass receptacle. Sure. That was handily laid out just before he got there. Yeah. 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 It's got your name on it. <laughs> See? Right here. What is it? Lyle? Lenny. Lenny. See? This is the Lenny brand <laughs> ass receptacle. That angel put your ass in <laughs> with his boot. And uh, quarter of the day, right out of the box here. Angel steps in and he's like, poor Lenny, the burden of terrorizing your girlfriend too much for you. Luckily for you, I can make it stop. Yeah. With a sound of ass pounding. Yeah. You know, not the not the sexy kind either. No. The kind with big stomping boots. Yes. Rachel's all thankful, but it looks like they actually set this up. And she was a she's a customer of Angel Investigations. And then the camera. Yeah, she's like, I didn't think you'd show up. And I'm like, wait, are we supposed to know who this is? Yeah. But we just through context throughout the episode, figure out, oh, she's she's a customer. She approached him because she like found his card or something yeah. for protection. And then the camera pans up. And we see Spike. Spike! Spikey, 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 Spike, Spike! <laughs> I don't get to Who do needs that. A transition when we have that. I know, right? I don't get to do that again for the rest of the season, I'm pretty sure. So I wrote in my notes, pretty positive Josh writes down everything Spike says here. Oh, yeah, I copied and pasted it. <laughs> So I didn't bother to write down anything Spike says here, but he has a whole speech, I'm and it's lovely. I'm certainly not going to do his whole speech, 
But it's it's amazing. He has a surprisingly long conversation with himself from the rooftop as he does his own version of a dramatic reading in real time as yeah. Angel talks to Rachel. He didn't quite nail the broody voice, though. It, not quite. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, frankly, it seems like Angel should have been able to hear him, but that would have ruined the funny. So yeah. it's definitely one of those things that suspension of disbelief is welcome here. <laughs> There were some highlights, among which were, because he's doing the voices for both of them, and he's like, oh, how can I thank you, m- my mysterious black-clad hunk of night thing? Well, you s- you see, little lady, I was once a badass vampire, but love and a pesky curse defanged me. Now I'm just a big, fluffy puppy with bad teeth. <laughs> uh, it's it's really hard to do the Spike accent mixed right with imitations of Angel and some random I girl. I just assumed you'd go right into the dramatic reading of it. All right. Well, I mean, if that's all you need. <laughs> she kind of sort of reaches towards him. It's like, no, not the hair. Never the hair. <laughs> but there must be some way I can show my appreciation. No, helping those in need is my job. And working up a load of sexual tension and prancing away like a magnificent poof. Not unlike Edgar is truly <laughs> thanks enough. <laughs> I understand. I have a nephew who is gay, so... Yeah. (laughs) Say no more. Evil's still afoot, and I'm almost out of that Nancy boy hair gel that I like so much. Quickly, to the angel mobile. (laughs) Away! God. Spike lights up a cigarette, and he's like, go on with you. Play the big strapping hero while you can. You have a few surprises coming your way. The Ring of Amara, a visit from your old pal Spike, and, oh yeah, your gruesome, horrible death. I really expected him to get tased during that speech. Right! (laughs) (laughs) Like, man, it seems like you would have learned by now, but this is pre-initiative Spike, which is really disorienting. Matter of fact, the next time in the timeline that he does this exact thing, he does get tased. Yes, I believe that is correct. So he lights a cigarette, he's using a Zippo, and God, I can just smell that amazing lighter fluid that Zippos use. There's some foreboding music, slow zoom in, priceless spike moment, as per usual. Opening sequence. Cut to the highway where we see Oz! Oz! Driving along in the Ozmobile. Ozzy, 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 Oz, Oz! It also works. I wasn't feeling it at first there, but I was like, wait, no, no, no. Here we go. Just, just just keep the momentum going. You're good. Just just follow through with the swing. I got this. Slap my <laughs> ass. Quick. Okay, don't. I, I'm not. No. I not mean, the living room's all a clutter with a bunch of shit, so. Yeah. Edgar's, also, it would, disturb, it would disturb Edgar. He's sleeping right there. Edgar, slap my ass. <laughs> I need it for the energy. He won't do anything. Man, he does not care at all. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. <laughs> So Cordelia is excited about their first paying customer. But Doyle deflates that excitement right quick. He is not so naive to believe that an invoice (laughs) equals payment. Sending out a bill doesn't mean anything. That's that's not money. That's mail. 
I'm like, well, okay, and you're not wrong. I also wrote down that line. She's like, but it's the American way. <laughs> Paying for things is like, default is also the American way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Damn right. I know Especially which, this year. I know which side of the fence I'm on. Yes. See if you can guess, everybody. <laughs> Oz breaks through the door going, oh, yeah. No, he politely enters. And Rex is a negative Nancy about my Kool-Aid man joke. We're not there yet. That happens later. (laughs) (laughs) Cordy is so happy to see him, and they have so much to talk about. Yeah, so much. Yeah, like, (laughs) how's everybody? Good. Good. How's Sunnydale? Same. Are we done yet? (laughs) How's the bronze? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. completely done that it only took like three questions and oz says to cordy talking about angel being a detective Mm -hmm. says does he have a hat and gun just fangs well that works where is he (laughs) so which is a perfect segue smash cut to the elevator yep those awesome accordion doors where we go and we have a very similar conversation with angel down in his apartment did you write down this exchange oh yeah do you want Angel or Oz? I'll, uh... You know, it doesn't matter. They sound exactly the same. I know. So I'll do Angel. Whatever. They see each other. They run towards each <laughs> other with their arms open and it's slow motion. That's, then, not, that's not what happens at all. And they make out... It's not what happens at all. Oh, this isn't a fan fiction. No. I'm sorry. I got my nights confused. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think my notes are going to be a little off topic for the rest of this episode. <laughs> I'm just going to have to wing it from here, everybody. All right. So Angel Angel says, Oz. Angel. Nice surprise. Thanks. Staying long? A few days. Are they always like this? No. We're usually laconic. <laughs> Which I had to look up because it turns out that it means uh, something like, Using few words. Terse. Sure. It's a fun word anyway. Yes. So Oz gets right down to business and offers up the Ring of Amara to Angel. Yes. We recognize this from the Buffy episode, The Harsh Light of Day, where Spike is with Harmony and being the comically abusive boyfriend. Not a great combo, I know, but it's what they did. So (laughs) it's the episode where we get Spike's hilarious line about Squirrels making lots of rotten little squirrels. Angel seems a bit less excited than you might expect. Yeah, but he's Angel. Well, yeah, but like... I think he was extremely excited and he shows it in broodiness. (laughs) Because he got all extra broody all of a sudden. He he did. That's how excited he was. Yeah, Yeah, I think think you're onto something there. Damn it, Doyle. Don't you know how excitedly broody I am? <laughs> it's a good thing I'm at home because I'm going to need clean pants. Oh, God. <laughs> so Doyle geeks out over the ring. He's like, yeah. Or oh, shit, that's the one thing that's going to make you like completely immortal and invincible. You give it to a vampire and now you can't kill him with nothing. Not fire. Not 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 a, not a stake to the chest. Not Not even sunlight. Not even children's cereal a deadly, deadly toe! <laughs> you, could, you couldn't hold it back, could you? <laughs> I can't help myself. But 
Doyle's like, hey, it's time to go get some Lucky Charms. Let's head to the pub. Ah, I'm going to get <laughs> stupid drunk over this angel. This is amazing. And Angel's like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to brood real, real extra hard for you, everybody. <laughs> and exit Oz as well. And Cordelia goes with them. Angel uh, heads down into the sewer to hide the ring. Uh, Yeah. And he, he hides it under a seemingly random-ass brick. He had to have known previously that that was a loose brick. Right? Because he, he doesn't, walked, like, check. He walked right up to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's basically Batman, so maybe since he's got these special bat powers, also he's a vampire, yeah. very closely related to bats, so I've heard. Maybe he's got echolocation and he could tell that that brick was looser. No, I think he just spends a lot of time in these sewers. Uh, That's my response. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't see Angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself? Oh, yeah, there's been uh, four. And three of them are very much alive. Next day! Next day! <laughs> <laughs> I've been here, Doyle. I've been here. Yeah, I think we all have. I've been there a couple too many times recently. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah. But he's struggling opening a bottle of aspirin. Like, that's one of those things that they don't really explain to you when you're growing up. Like, you can still do the late nights. You mm -hmm. handle them, like, at the moment, you handle them fine. Uh -huh. You handle the drinking fine. It's the fact that your recovery, the time to recover grows exponentially yeah every year because <laughs> your metabolism just takes a fucking swan dive into the goddamn grand canyon at about 35 yeah um and so it it just takes longer to get that shit out of your system my god the other night uh, or like a week or two ago i woke up after a night of relatively like not super heavy drinking but i had more than i normally would have on a casual night and like, my heart was just pounding, and, like, it gave me a panic attack, because it was like, oh, God, am I dying? <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. It was so awful. Anyway, so he's like, is there some kind of trick to this? He's just <laughs> yes, trying to, it's called being sober. We're just trying to get the cotton out of the aspirin bottle. Cordy's like, give it to me, and she pulls it out, and... Practically throws aspirin at him. <laughs> yeah. So I got some of the lines here. I think one of them amounts to a quote of the day. Let me just read them real quick. She says, I think the trick is laying off the ale before you start quoting Angela's ashes and weeping like a baby man. And he's like, hey, that's a good book. She says, so I've heard. But I doubt that the main characters are Betty and Barney Rubble, as you so vehemently <laughs> insisted last night. Also, I don't think Oz appreciated being called my little Bam Bam all night. <laughs> so Cordelia practically named the podcast for us in this line right but you know after the fact that we had already named it but I mean she misses by a thin margin on account of they're fucking doing it wrong <laughs> if you're going to have ale on angel it needs to be with angel otherwise it's not ale with angel Jesus Christ you guys <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> I just really, really wish we had seen a scene of him calling us my little bam bam. Right? <laughs> and, which brings me to, second of all, I was way ahead of myself with my Flintstones jokes. I think it was the first episode 
I was making jokes about everything being super old, and like they jump into their I, Model I, T, I, yeah. and you had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> You're right. He just got an, oh, a joke man. from two episodes ago, everybody. This is <sighs> an historic moment. It's like because they jump into their Model T and <laughs> propel it with their bare feet with his friend <laughs> Barney, and he was Rex is like, what? The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Flintstones, man. Flintstones. Take your vitamins. God. See what I did there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Decent joke. Decent so, joke. Not funny, but decent. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Angela's Ashes is an autobiographical book, by the way, about an Irish guy with an alcoholic father. So that's funny because Doyle's Irish... And kind of an alcoholic. Yeah. Daily, daily, doll. And that's way more time than we needed to spend on that scene. Yeah. Uh, Angel's downstairs doing katas. Yeah. Angel's brooding professionally with the broodiest fucking martial art in existence. Yeah. Tai Chi. Uh, he gets a phone call from Rachel that she's worried about Lenny. He was let out on some technicality. Yeah. Well, fuck. And so, Angel to the rescue! Angel's on his way, but first, a two-by-four in the face from <laughs> Spikey Spike. That's just how it is some days, man. You're you're like, ah, I'm going to go about my about my business. I got things to do. I'm going to deal with them and just face them head on. And then two-by-four to the face. Yeah. If, it's, uh, it's a bad day. If I were to draw Angel's Day as a graph, it would be... <laughs> Broody, 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 broody. To my four in the face, you shall not pass! Broody, 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 broody. <laughs> that's a good pull. I think that's about right. That's a good pull. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. I came up with that. Yes. Yeah, mm. totally. We have original material here on Fear with Puffy. Flying loose here, guys. <laughs> I... <laughs> I had to throw out my Spangel notes. <laughs> so we're just talking about the episode, I guess. Jesus. <laughs> Hold on, I need a moment. <laughs> oh, shit. <sighs> okay. So two by four to the face. Two by four to the face. <laughs> and they fight. Yep, there's a, a great battle. Well, it, was, great. it was an alright fight. It was a decent it's yeah. a it was a it was certainly a battle. That's but definitely a word that happened. There's a good line here, one of my quotes of the day, because Angel's like, What? This is your plan? You're just gonna fight me to get the ring? Yeah. I had a plan. Smart, carefully laid out, but I got bored. Uh <laughs> Yeah. He's like a he's like a cat. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> I wonder if that means he'll lay on the couch with his belly up like Edgar. We can only hope. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. What'd your fan fiction say? <laughs> you know what? We're not here to talk about that, Rex. <laughs> so if, if you're going to be a buzzkill, I'm going to be a buzzkill. <laughs> anyway, lots of testosterone-filled badassery quipping... Uh, Spike's vamp face looks totally normal and Buffy style instead of that weird swirly gig shit that yeah. we had, in, at least in the first episode of Angel. 
So, and Angel's face looked pretty normal when he vamps out as well. So my question is, is it just LA vampires that have that weird swirly gig forehead shit going on when they vamp out? Or is it like a mood-based thing? Or maybe it changes based on location. Probably based on astrology signs and moon faces. That's what I'm thinking. Or it could be that the previous vamps had had work done when they were humans, so their faces don't vamp out properly. <laughs> this got, is L.A. After still got all. fucking plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> fucking up their stupid swirly gig foreheads. <laughs> they deserve it. Right. <laughs> and they're dead now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So Cordelia and Doyle enter as uh, Angel knocks Spike on his ass. Spike runs off. Spike looks up, and this is hilarious, because this is like the third time this has happened. I mean, it was to Oz the first two times, but now Spike's like, Cordelia, hey, did you lose weight? She's like, yeah, oh my god, I've been going to this gym. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) you're evil or something. (laughs) And it's funny, because like we're used to him being normalized and kind of integrated into the group after season four of Buffy, but that hasn't happened yet. Right? He's still totally evil and does not have a chip in his head yet. Yeah. So that's kind of extra funny. He had those kind of moments all through season three as well. Oh yeah, because he would he like went to Buffy's house and was sitting there with Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing this for a while. It's a fun gag, I love it. It it really is. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. So yeah, Spike runs off, and Angel tells Cordy to go hide out at Doyle's place. Cordy's like, but why can't I get just go home? And he rightfully says, hey, Spike is smart and knows you and can hunt you down. He could also just burn your place to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Which Spike is not above. He is not a fair fighter. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. Um, I think it's funny here. I realized as Cordelia is having all these interactions with, you know, I want to say new characters, new to Angel anyway, I think it's hilarious that Cordelia literally does not have a single friend or acquaintance in this show that isn't some kind of demon or monster. Yeah. Yeah. Although she doesn't know about Doyle. She doesn't know about Doyle, but he's not human. Yeah. Well, he's half human, which is the closest she's got. I mean, I guess Oz was human most of his life until he became a werewolf. Still not yeah. human, totally anymore. Yeah, everyone everyone's got something fucking wrong with them. And then of course Spike and Angel are vampires. Yeah, blah. What are you gonna do? Not go out into the sun, or you know, be around sharp wood. Yeah, I mean, I thought you meant Cordelia. I was like, oh yeah, Cordelia can do whatever the fuck she wants. Anyway, Spike runs away, old Namby Pamby, like, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they all confirm that everybody's okay. The ring's okay. But Cordelia should stay at Doyle's. We already established that. Spike's dangerous or something. Yep, yep, yep. Angel puts his absolutely unmatched cunning to work and establishes his highly intellectual plan to find him first. He's, he's, he's just gonna... That's that's his plan. Yeah. What are, you, what are you gonna do, Angel? Find him first. Oh, boy. 
I mean, never mind that had you not stopped to chat with Cordelia and Doyle, you could have just, you know, continued to chase him while you literally just had him in the room just now. Yeah. But never mind. No, now you have to track him down throughout L.A. This is why you have plans in place. (laughs) A group of people like this who work together in dangerous situations should have contingency plans already set up. (laughs) (laughs) Edgar does not like that I'm spinning my bottle opener. No. Or he likes it a lot. I can't tell. Right. It's hard to tell with him. I think he likes it a lot. He's playing with it now. Yeah, he's he's in a playful. Okay, go on. What was I saying? Oh, right. This is why you do fire drills. So that when the shit hits the fan, you already know what to do. You don't have to stop and chat about it. Like, they should already... Doyle and Cordy should already have... A plan that if Angel goes poof and, like, all of a sudden gone, they should know exactly what to do and hide out or something. Yeah, I mean, it's only episode three. They're still working on that. They've only just come up with their first invoice. Yeah, fair enough. They don't even know what they are yet. Like, they've only just settled on the word detective. Right. But I I get what you're saying, and you're absolutely right. But they're not there yet. Obviously. So yeah, we go to Doyle's place, and it's not really unlike Cordy's place. Not entirely, no. (laughs) Doyle is, he's calling all of his contacts to get a lead on Spike. There's a funny dick joke here. I mean, it's not that funny, but there's a dick joke here. Yeah. And uh, he's talking about his, uh, this guy he knows, Frankie the Tripod. (laughs) Cordelia's like, oh, it's because he's some sort of three-legged monster? No. Well, then why? Oh. It's like, oh, because he brought... The implication being that he has a very large penis. And can just, you know, stand and lean on it like a kickstand. Oh, God, that sounds like the most horrible thing ever. It's such a stupid joke. It is. Fucking it's the stupidest it. joke. It's like, what's that fucking porn star guy's name ron jeremy ron jeremy see i didn't even have to explain just porn star guy ron jeremy yeah like so apparently he's it's yeah you know what it doesn't matter yeah moving on moving along (laughs) (laughs) but yeah cordy's complaining about the mess of the place man you should have seen my my fanfic scene for that it was there was so many huge huge dicks moving on Huge dicks, Rex! (laughs) Cordy's complaining about the mess of Doyle's place. And then Odo runs. Doyle is like, oh, you have no room to talk. And really, neither of them have any room to talk about a messy damn apartment. Yeah, it was was very cluttered in there. Yeah. I mean... Although, Doyle didn't have food laying about and, like, dirty dishes. His is mostly just clothes. Yeah... Man's well, got a lot of clothes. But apparently he's got some stanky B.O. He's like, all right, I admit the the laundry's a bit overdue. <laughs> and Cordy describes it as smelling like bong water. <laughs> so quote of the day here. I don't think you said it already because Cordy's like, the quote of the day is definitely Doyle's, but Cordy lines it up with, please, I couldn't get comfortable here if the floor was lined with mink. I mean, how can you live like this? And, like, obviously, immediately, I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. Didn't we just have the same conversation with roles flipped? Yeah. And Doyle has the perfect response. 
Well, I didn't until last week. Then I saw what you did with your place, <laughs> and I just had to call my decorator. <laughs> like, zingo. There it is. Yeah. Well played. Doyle gets a quick, sketchy phone call. Sounds like he's dodging some debt. Yeah. Tries to explain it away, but I'm like, eh, we know that you're kind of sketchy, Doyle. Whatever. That's why we love you. And he turns to Cordy, and he's like, should I be sweating the spike thing? And Cordy's like, eh, yeah, sweat. Yeah. It's like, well, shit. Because he's not neutered yet. <laughs> spike, right, yeah. No, yes. Spike is not neutered yet. He is still quite dangerous. Yep. So then we go to Rachel's, and we get kind of just a a wrap-up scene for this character in this entire side quest. And Basically, it, yeah. Like, this is the end of it till a... a like one line of dialogue at the end of the fucking episode. Yeah, he he talks her down. She's really upset, and she's suffering from a severe case of battered housewife syndrome. Not that they're actually married, but you know what I mean. And uh, he he gives her some actually really good advice here. He says, "You're at a crossroads. I know. It's either go for the easy fix and wait for the consequences, or take the hard road and go with faith." She says, "Oh, oh God." You're not from that freaky church on Sunset, are you? <laughs> that, by the way, is a great nod to the Anne episode of Buffy. <gasps> oh my god, you're right! Yeah. Yeah! I'm positive there. Oh, that's perfect! Because yeah. that episode took place in L.A., didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh my god, that's perfect! Yes. Which is funny, because we both thought that Rachel was Anne as a recurring character, but we looked it up, and it's... It's Anne, like, because we both, I totally forgot that her name was Anne from that episode of Buffy, entitled Anne. Yeah. Any anyway, so. Anyway. See what I did there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Angel responds, in yourself, that kind of faith. What I'm saying is, if you leave Lenny for good, it'll hurt, but eventually you'll be stronger for it, and maybe you'll find your way to the kind of love you deserve. I'm like, ah, oh! Right in the reality kidney. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> reality kidney. <laughs> Fuck, we have reality kidneys? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, the that's your that's your right kidney. Your left kidney is the fantasy kidney. Oh, that explains so much. So much. I know, right? That's Can't why even I even fucking manage a straight face. <laughs> that's why I have so much more pain in my right kidney. Yeah, reality is painful. Yeah, or that's probably kidney stones. Anyway. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> too much coffee and beer and hamburgers. Yeah. Just living my life from one hamburger to the next. God, I had fast food. Literally fast food. Like, got Wendy's. Yeah. For the first time in a little while, uh, just the other day. I've been doing that way too much recently. And I fucking got home and I took a kind of a nap on the couch. And I woke up with just my heart going... Yikes. And I'm just like, okay, that's too much salt. Yeah. That's what sodium will fucking do to you, man. Oh, that shit's awful. I know. Yeah. Uh, that's how I felt when we got Taco Bob's after, like, two months of fucking lockdown. Right? Dude. Yeah. It's, it was, like, after one and a half tacos. Really gotta fucking quit that shit. Yeah. It's, gar it's garbage. Stop eating fast food, everybody. The more you know. So, Angel's like, take the hard road. Go with Faith. And I'm like, yeah. No, no, no. Faith definitely is the hard road. I'd go with Faith. <laughs> on the hard road. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know I'm not the only one. 
No, probably also, not. Also, damn good advice here, Angel. Words to live by. Thank yeah. you very much. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. Cut to Doyle's house. And that is last we see Rachel. Forever. <laughs> Forever and ever. Yes, you'll get the power and the glory. That is not where my brain goes with the word forever. That's where my brain goes every time. Mine goes to the Sandlot. Yeah, by the way, everybody, I could right now sing the entirety of Jesus Christ Superstar, but I'm not going to. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm not a fan. (laughs) I know. So, Doyle's house. Yeah, uh, Cordy is recanting stories about Spike to Doyle. That's pretty much it. That's the scene. She's talking about the adventures of Spikey Spike in Sunnydale. And then Angel calls, and Doyle's like, House of Pies! <laughs> With a even weirder voice than that, because he's a little bit paranoid now that he's gone and stirred up all of his old contacts. On the other line, we see Angel playing with his bat steak gadgets, and we find out that Doyle's best lead is Manny the Pig. It's possible. He's. <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't know anything about a vampire called Spike before Doyle even mentioned him, so start at the orbit room, and I feel like we see the orbit room again later. Fun fact, there is, an or- there is a place called the orbit room a town over. From us. Maybe that's why it sounds familiar yeah. to me. Okay. Because it was like, isn't that where Oz performs or something in this episode? But it doesn't come up nope. at all later in this episode. So he's looking for Manny the pig. Cut to the orbit room where Manny the pig is squealing like a piggy. Yes. <laughs> you got a pretty mouth, boys. Angel beats the fuck out of him. Yep. And, and then he goes another rung up the ladder. Angel beats the fuck out of some sleazy underground types. Goes up some rungs in the ladder and gets to the last informant. And this isn't so much a quote of the day as it is a definite like hero one-liner of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy he's beating up was like, oh, he'll kill me if I talk. And Angel replies with, how healthy do you think it is to stay quiet? <laughs> <laughs> That's all he needed to know, boys and girls. He's outside. He's in the back alleyway. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of my face. And he does. Yeah. Angel heads out into the alleyway and interrupts dinner. How rude. That is extremely rude. (laughs) I had the exact same thought. Yep. Because apparently we're both sociopaths. Uh, It's possible. Pig. All right, we've officially quoted that line a little too much this episode. That's only twice. We've just started. (laughs) That's twice on the recording. We've only just begun (laughs) to quote the pig. So, yeah, he's feeding on some poor girl. Spike hucks the girl at Angel. And Angel tells this battered girl with severe blood loss and an open neck wound to run. That... She's dead 20 feet down the alley, dude. Maybe carry some granola bars with you or something, Angel. I don't know. Maybe a Band-Aid or two. Some, some... I just got this image of her running down the alleyway and like every time her heart pumps... I wanted to see 
I wanted the episode to branch off into her story from here. Because that girl didn't make it far, I promise you. There's no way. (laughs) Like, just just start driving an ambulance, Angel. Because if you really want to save people... Right. You needed some gauze or something. (laughs) To to hell with fighting. I'm just going to be an EMT from here on. (laughs) So Spike runs off. An angel chases him. To a locked gate in an alleyway. Yeah. It's a trap! Spike seems a little too cocky about being cornered and surrendering. It's a trap! It's definitely a trap! (laughs) Literally. Caught me fair and square, white hat. I guess there's nothing to do now but go quietly and pay my debt to society. You think you can come to my town and pull this crap? You never learn, Spike. I may be a slow learner. And then Angel gets chained in the neck and yanked to the concrete. I have a problem here. Yeah? Angel doesn't need to breathe! Well, sure, but a chain around the neck is still going to jostle you around a bit. Yeah, but he does, he's not being choked out. Sure, but he's going to be able to yank him to the ground. I guess I didn't really notice that he was struggling to breathe, per se. Hard it, air quotes. That's what it seemed like to me, and he blacked out or something. But it's like, he doesn't he doesn't have blood pumping to his brain. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> I, ass- I just assumed that he was using the chain for leverage to tie him up and kidnap him it wasn't necessarily that he was choking it's just like the problem i had in a future buffy episode past podcast episode when spike gets tranked they don't have blood pumping right yeah you can't trank a vampire fuck that you're right i don't remember (laughs) that but you're right starting to get numb i (laughs) bet you 50 bucks i made that exact same joke Probably, In that episode. Yeah. But we're old and we don't remember these things. (laughs) So every episode is just like a new one for us, everybody. We're having a great time. Are you? Shut up and keep listening. Okay, then we get a nice little quick cut to the next day where Cordy and Doyle are worried about Angel. And that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. No notable line here or anything like that. Yeah, Cordelia and... Doyle are, they're just pontificating to wangels. (laughs) Wangels. I've had all of the ale, and now I'm talking about the wangel. (laughs) Ale with the wangel. So they're pontificating as to Angel's whereabouts. Uh, They decide to go the optimism route that he's taken up surfing with the Ring of Amara, but of course... He's, in fact, chained up in a torture dungeon and decidedly not hanging ten with the bikini babes out on the sandy shores with wind in his hair. But fuck a doodle do, that sounds nice. Right? At least he always gotta fuck the doodle do. The poor doodle do. All I wanna do is fuck a doodle do, Rex. (laughs) It's a long-established desire of mine. Do you mind? I do, actually. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey Rex. Yeah. Did you ever consider that we should be doing that instead of reviewing a twenty-year-old TV show about angsty teens? It would require us to live in a place that would allow us to do that. 
Wait, are you talking about fucking doodle doos or surfing on the beach? Surfing on the beach. Oh, thank God. I was worried for a moment because that was a rough segue. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to go surfing, though. I know, right? Yeah, I'm too scared of the water now, though. I don't have that kind of fear. Yeah, so. I don't you know. I don't think I've told this story on the podcast. Somebody was criticizing us in one of the recent reviews that one of us, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I'm not really sure who they meant. It could have been either of us, but one of us tends to go off on tangents. Well, fuck you. We both go off on tangents. <laughs> we do. Also, thank you very much for that five-star review. Don't let this yes. deter you from giving us one of those. That'd be great. That'd be so great. <laughs> But one time I was kayaking, this was about two years ago, and I fell out of my boat at the top of a dam. It was a very short dam, mind you, but it was traumatizing. Yeah, it took about an hour to recover from that. Luckily, they recovered my kayak, which had my shit in it, but I literally lost my paddle. I was literally up a river. By the way, it's like the most polluted river in the country without a paddle. Literally up a river without a paddle. Yeah. So I actually just watched a YouTube video that tells me that you were actually one lucky bastard. <laughs> because there are a lot of these smaller dams like that that have what's called a drowning machine. It's a it's an effect in the water of when the water goes over the dam and it, hits the lower depth of the riverbed and then comes back up and then the river is flowing into the water and it creates this washing machine oh. vortex. Okay, yeah. Not like something that's installed, but just no. an effect in the flow of the river. It, but it, the effect is literally called the drowning machine. Sure. Because once you're in it, you literally can't get out of it. Okay, that's funny because... Only, like, maybe an hour before this happened to me, I was talking to this other kayaker who's, like, this old, grizzled, experienced veteran kayaker, and he was telling me about that exact effect, and he was telling me that if you ever get into that, the only way to get out of it, if you're lucky enough to be able to get out of it, is to do the most counterintuitive thing you could ever possibly think of. Remember this, everybody. This is real-life survival information, and I'm not joking. If you ever find yourself in that situation, the best thing you can do is to ball up like you're a roly-poly or like you're being eaten by a bear. Yep. That is the only way. And hold your breath. Dear God, I hope you have some breath to hold. Hold your breath, ball up, and hope that that shit spits you out. Because if you flail, you will drown. Yep. That is That's, the only it's why way. why they literally call it a drowning machine. Yeah. It was Terrifying. the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've done some stupid shit, guys. Don't try to go over dams, especially if you're a beginner kayaker. Just yeah. fucking Just don't do it. Don't, Just don't do, do it. it. I got so lucky, and I'm so scared of the water now. Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. 
pop stars and popes. Those are the one name guys. Anyway, back to the uh, shady looking warehouse where yeah. we have a nearly shirtless angel hanging off a chain. Yes. Wait. Are we back in the fan fiction? This really feels like fan fiction. He has such a nice belly button. <laughs> and he's being penetrated by hot steel pokers. You should use rods. Right in the... Hot rods. Hot rods. <laughs> right in the reality kidney. But then he gets one right in the fantasy kidney, too. Yeah. And I'm just like, All the kidneys. Oh! <laughs> Are you into armpits? Sometimes. Because he gets one there, too. Sometimes we disturb <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. I think Pete would concur with that. <laughs> if only he were here to serve us alcohol while we did this. That would be fun. I'd like to do a live episode and perform <laughs> for an audience at Papa Pete's, which would mean we'd be performing for absolutely nobody. Only Pete. Except Pete. <laughs> And maybe we we might be get a, get a few friends and a couple homeless people. Yeah, and maybe one or two regulars. Maybe, but that can't happen till lockdown ends. Yeah, well, it can't happen until COVID nineteen is no longer a real threat. Yeah. So anyway, so I get a quote here. Angel says to Marcus, that's this dude's name. Yep. Spike introduces him as Marcus, torture guy Marcus. Uh, Angel says to him. As Marcus is going on and on and on about how, all the torture, Angel says, are you going to torture me or just bore me to death? <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. Stab! Stabity, stabity. <laughs> you know, I felt like Spike was going on and on more than Marcus. I was like, let, they the, both were. let the poor man do his fucking job. You yeah. hired him. You're paying him. He's being very tolerant of you, but I really expected him at some point here to take one of those hot pokers and stab it into Spike's fucking fantasy kidney. Well, an Angel makes a very good fucking point here because he's like, Spike, you're a moron. You hired a vampire to yes. help you get the ring of Amara. Yeah. That's dumb. What if he wants the fucking ring? Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't think of that. I hired a vampire that doesn't care about the Ring of Amara. And I'm like, oh, because vampires never lie. Yeah. Jesus. Well, he claims that Marcus has an addiction to wanting to torture people. Gives and it's like, but if he has the Ring of Amara, then he can torture people more. Right? Yeah. Like, this is bad logic, Spike. You, you're you smarter than this. It really is bad logic. <laughs> but it also gives him a nice little segue into just like you're addicted to Slutty the Vampire Slayer. Tries to play him like a fiddle using the Buffy card. And I'm like, oh, that's too easy. Yeah. And he's not going to fall for that shit. He expects it from you. Yeah. It's got to be coming from somebody that he cares about. But that's not going to happen. You know? Right. Well, that's because he doesn't let people get close. I mean, he's close enough to Cordy and starting to get close enough to Doyle. Oh, yeah. But, and neither of them would ever do that to him because they're not bad people. So Spike decides he's going to get out of Marcus's way and go about his merry, merry day. Yeah, about fucking time, right? Yep. So, yeah, after the obligatory mind games, cut to Angel's Lair. Where Spike starts 
thrashing the place. Tossing, I believe, is He's, the proper term. He says, oh, this is fun, but it'll, I will get bored with this quickly. Like a cat knocking over a glass. Bored now. Which, very grateful Edgar does not do that. <laughs> he does, however, early in the morning, when I'm not getting out of bed to feed him, he will start pushing my glasses off the nightstand. Because <laughs> he, he re- he's smart enough to understand that I'm going to grab my glasses so he's like, hey, if I, if I make him grab his glasses, he'll get up. Oh, God. He's a really oh. smart cat. However, he fails to understand that if he knocks them on the floor, I'm less likely to get up because I don't want to crawl under my fucking bed to find my glasses. Uh-huh. You know, one, one of my cats does the, the heel knock glasses of water off the table. And I, I, like, I want to discipline him for it, but he just looks so happy when he's doing it. <laughs> I'm like, oh. So anyway, Spike's looking for the, the ring in Angel's place. Then we cut back to the torture dungeon. Torture warehouse. Torture warehouse. I mean, what is a dungeon other than, you know, it doesn't have to be underground. Yeah, fair enough. It be but a warehouse. this is very much a warehouse. Definitely a warehouse. You can tell by the fact that the walls and ceilings are made of just steel. Yeah. And there's... Definitely sunlight leaking in all over the place. Yeah. Certainly not underground, which I guess would make... I don't know why that's so important to a dungeon. Why, why does a dungeon have to be underground? I mean, that's the classic dungeon. Whatever. Who cares? So Marcus is actually fairly insightful and observant here. Uh, he knows Angel doesn't care about the ring either, or... He, well... <laughs> Or that angel doesn't care about the ring. He can tell. Because otherwise he'd be wearing it and he wouldn't have hidden it. And Marcus starts to do this creepy PG-rated pedophile act. Talking about liking children. But eating them, of course. Hence the PG rating. Yeah. It's disturbing nonetheless. It's still disturbing. Like, they cast this guy well. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I'm sure the guy that plays him is a super stand-up dude. I've seen him in other things. He's a good fucking actor. But he looks like a pedophile. Yeah. It's creepy as fuck. And it's, maybe it's just the way they dressed him. Maybe he's just that great of an actor. I don't know. But he's circling that around to using pain to find innocence or some shit as he shoots holes in the ceiling... Uh, letting sunlight in to burn angel that has got to take some good fucking aim first off right but second off he has to know exactly which way the sun is going to come through the hole in the ceiling i mean he's got plenty of reference points like the walls enough the walls are not exactly airtight Um, but he also has to make sure that it's a right spot that angel can move out of the way while being chained in place so that he doesn't just go up in flames yeah because they still need information out of him absolutely cut over to angel's place again where cordy and doyle show up they confront spike cordy has a crossbow with a stake shooter thingy in it man they really just did not abide by what angel told them to fucking do uh i forget what did he tell them to do stay at doyle's house oh yeah (laughs) no they said fuck that and if, frankly, it's kind of a good thing. Okay, fair enough. And so Cordelia, of course, is mostly concerned with being repaid for the damaged goods in Angel's place, even though it's not her place. Spike informs them that Angel is being tortured, and they'd better give him the ring real fast. And he promises to give 
Angel back in exchange for the ring. Well, one of the things he says specifically is Angel is really stubborn, so he's likely going to die before he gives up the ring. Right. So it's up to Cordy and Doyle to find the ring because they know Angel's not going to give it up, so Angel's going to fucking die. Yeah, they had to maneuver it into some sort of leverage somehow. Like, we've only got so much time for an episode, you know? So... Spike's like, Angel, um, tall brooding guy, caveman brow. <laughs> He's having the living L tortured out of him. And you know how stubborn he can be. He might die before he gives up the ring. Why don't you two find it real fast and give it to me? I'll let Angel go. I don't trust you. To coin a popular Sunnydale phrase. Duh. <laughs> and I stopped and I thought about that. And I was like, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of duh kind of people in Sunnydale. He's not wrong. So he gives them till sundown to meet him behind Peterson's fishery between Seward and Westminster. That sounds like a smelly place. I know, right? And then he promptly fucks off. Cut back to the torture warehouse. Yeah, where Marcus is going on and on. It seems like he's actually getting into Angel's head now. Because, but, because Spike actually fucked off and let him do his job for right. a change. But he's very much not paying nearly enough fucking attention because Angel is able to get a stake that was left on the ground between his feet. Right? He's not and paying Marcus any attention. doesn't fucking notice at all. Not paying any attention at all. And luckily, Spike happens to show up because Marcus would have been fucking dead. <laughs> right? I, I thought Marcus's most interesting line here, I thought it was actually, he was doing a pretty good job of, I mean, if not getting into Angel's head, he at the very least really understands Angel yeah. on a deeper level than most villains that are trying to fuck over Angel. And he's like, in the end, you won't feel guilt or remorse or anything but pure darkness. In the end, the ring the past none of it will mean anything anymore you'll be free and i suppose i should have should have set that up with he finally gets angel to answer his question what do you want and he's forgiveness he says forgiveness and i was like ooh i was going to say buffy but yeah forgiveness that really oh, yeah. is what he wants he wasn't lying i really don't think no. he was lying no and, and because marcus said i can, i'll tell if you, i can tell if you lie and He's not lying. Yeah, he's, he's definitely not. And I thought about that, though. I'm like, so if he gets forgiveness, then, you know, great. He can just live a normal life. I don't know. What's his end game here? Which is really what this Marcus line brings up the question of. Because he's like, in the end, you won't feel guilt or remorse or anything but pure darkness. So if he doesn't feel guilty anymore, I think he's saying, what will keep him from turning evil again? Which I think is bullshit because he has his soul. Uh, yeah. But it's still an interesting thought. Well, and then there's, there's the question of, like, how many lives would Angel really... Like, there's no amount of lives I think he could ever save that would get him to a point where he feels like he has gained forgiveness. No, because he's blaming himself for the actions of a demon, not himself. He's being a martyr for no good reason, which has been perpetually the problem with Angel's character that we just have to look past. Yeah. And just yeah. accept it. 
at this point. But it was a fun thought experiment for a moment there. It's definite that they're really going to have to do something with him as a character. Angel in Buffy was not quite one note, but kind of one note. Like one and a half note. (laughs) Outside of him going evil. I'm so broody, Buffy, because I feel so guilty about everything yeah and that's that's him that's that's him to a t and then he was most interesting when he was evil and outside of that he's kind of meh and so it's very especially to me in this episode they've already realized well shit we really better do something with him like they're wasting david boreanaz's talent on this character at this point oh yeah definitely we should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is brie, mellow song stylings. Shindig, dip, less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hootenanny, well, it's chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. Spike steps in, stops Marcus from letting his sloppy, sloppy work get the best of him. Uh, Why did they give Marcus a name and make him talk so much anyway? He's not nearly as scary as he could have been. No. He could have been so much creepier. Yeah. But, I mean, so we we got a couple of interesting messages from one of our old regular listeners, Geraint, um, regarding the last two episodes on how this show could have and would have been a lot darker had the network not stepped in. And said, nah, that's too dark. Not knowing that people love dark. Yeah. Because he would have, like, licked the blood off of Tina. And because they never come back so far. They've not come back to, the like, the very first thing they, they established was that he's having a blood frenzy when he sees blood. And Doyle thinks that he's going to crack and try to eat people that yeah. are innocent. But they never come back to that. And that would have been the perfect tie-in with Tina at the end of episode one. And also it would have been the excellently dark and fit completely with the theme of how dark this show is. Yeah, I completely agree. Supposed to be feeling where like apparently Kate was supposed to be not just an undercover police officer, but struggling with a drug addiction and paying for it with prostitution on the side as a moonlighter. That, I don't know how I feel about that. I I feel like that would have been too much. Ah, see, you're just as bad as the networks. That would have been greasily, satisfyingly fine. Maybe. It would have been disgusting and awful, but... Let's revisit that idea once we actually get to know that character more. I guess. I mean... Because I don't remember her for shit, so... No, I don't either. I think... (laughs) I mean, regardless of her being a recurring character, let's say that she had only just been in episode number two. It would have been a lot darker... Because it really just kind of feels one note for, oh, she's just an undercover cop. They could have made her three layers deeper with we'll see. one sentence. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, there's people out there that are like that. That shit's yeah, happening know, know, in real life. I'm not saying it's not inaccurate. I'm just saying I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. That's fair. I suppose it could have detracted too much from the main storyline. Yeah. I'll give it that. Anyway, yeah, back to the show. Spike stops Angel from being able to 
Spike Mar Spike stops Angel from being able to stake Marcus. I and wrote it the same way in my notes too, where I was confusing Spike and Steak. Spike Steak, too much beer. Uh, <laughs> and then stops Marcus from punching Angel. By the way, he stopped the hired torturer from punching the undead immortal. By the way, they're all three undead immortals. He stopped yeah. him from punching him. Honestly, to me, it seems like punching Angel would be the better torture. Like, just just cause him to be bruised literally head to toe over every surface of his body. Perhaps. Like, turn him into one giant puffy bruise. Just one big cup of pudding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like to think about torture too much. I don't like torture porn. So... Spike grabs a pair of needle-nose pliers and joins in on the fun, speaking of. Yeah, cut to the outside of the warehouse where we get a really good David Boreanaz scream. Angel screaming in agony. Ah, the comforting sounds of screams in the night. Yeah. I miss them so. God, me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Gomez. That's me. Yep. I've always fancied myself a Gomez type. <laughs> As you can see from my most recent Twitter picture, <laughs> that's exactly the type of person I am. You could pull off a Gomez. You know, I might give that a shot. And you could get a haircut. I could get a haircut. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so tired of this hair. It's Just need a suit. Get it. Get yourself a good goatee. Oh, yeah. Going and, oh, and yeah. Oh, we got fuck, this. dude. I have pomade. Excellent. It's going to be good times, bro. Good times. Okay, so from there, we cut to Angel's place where Cordy and Doyle are, are trying to find this damn ring, which, like, I find it funny because if you think about it, if they're looking for the ring, Spike kind of made it harder for them to look for the ring because he trashed the place. Right? Yeah, a little bit. But Cordy's upset that it's not in the toilet or the freezer where it is in all the movies. Yeah. I guess. Whatever. So, I mean, where else is there to even look? Oh, the sewers. I'm like, really? You didn't think that, like, under the pillow or... Right. Check some boxes in his closet. Between the mattresses? Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's a billion other places to look, but okay. So they run to the sewers. They enter the sewers, and they're looking around, and Cordy says, This is not a needle in a haystack. This is a needle in Kansas. And... There's a lot of haystacks in Kansas. Oh, right? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's a good tie-in. And then Doyle goes pufferfish for the exactly the second time in three episodes. Yep. Just long enough to sniff out the ring. Because apparently that's his demon power. Super scent. Yeah. Well, he maybe either A, maybe he was smelling the, the, the like gold material of the ring or something. I assumed or, he was smelling Angel's scent. Right. Or he was tracing where Angel walked, maybe. Yeah, most recently. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's probably a lot of Angel scent in this sewer. Yeah. He's probably, like, rubbing up against the walls and shit. <laughs> He's got to leave his scent gland on everything. Like a cat. Exactly. <laughs> Vampires are just big cats. Exactly. And so they find the ring, and Cordy is colloquially excited enough to hug Doyle, but not nearly literally excited enough to hug Doyle. 
<laughs> yeah. Cordy says, how'd you do that? And Doyle says, hey, you got to get lucky sometimes. <laughs> and Cordy says, I could hug you. And, and Doyle puts his arms out. You're not that lucky. <laughs> Yeah, he's poor, hopeful. Poor, he's hopeful. You got to give it to him. Poor Doyle. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Sometimes you just got to deal with the fact that that girl doesn't want to sleep with you. Yeah, and deal with it and move on. Hey, I I have, I have a lot of unrequited crushes. Like, I get a new one about once every month. Right? Yeah, man, it's torture for me. Every time I go to the beach, I get about fifty of them in one shot. <laughs> or you know walk down a popular strip downtown i mean like legitimate crushes no i know i'm joking and now i'm just a dirty old man yeah i mean we knew that <laughs> <laughs> so anyway they concoct a plan to get angel back and not give spike the ring yeah which duh derp a doodle do Why did they wait this long? To, like, they didn't even need the ring to enact their damn plan. They could have gotten one out of a one of those quarter machines at the grocery store. A Cracker Jack box. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, if those are still a thing. I don't know. It's not the 50s I have no anymore. Idea. <laughs> and we're not in a ballpark. <laughs> so cut to an alleyway in the daytime where Spike hangs in some shadows outside. During the daytime. Does this seem really dumb to you? Yeah. Like, all they need to do is reach over and nudge him. Yeah, just poke like, him a little bit. Boop. He's on fire. Ow. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, as we know from season four of Buffy, he's not particularly scared of the sunlight and will often just right put his coat over his head and he's good to go. Right as rain. <laughs> do the little run. <laughs> just slip into the nearest sewer and everything's just fine and so anyway they make him prove this is how they leverage him They're, they tell him well we know where it is but we need to know that Angel's alive first before we tell you where it is and he's like oh shit well you got me and I'm like really alright they didn't need the ring they could have just done this they could have done this hours ago <laughs> right back to the warehouse of minor torture yeah it's it's I mean, it's a challenge to torture somebody that can't die from being stabbed in the torso multiple yeah. times. Like, yeah, okay, he's in pain. I I doubt he really cares that damn much. Right? Yeah, still not fun, though. I mean, think about it, though. Angel is exactly the kind of person you wouldn't be able to torture with pain. Because he's so broody because of his own self-mental emotional torture he's like oh i deserve this yes see that was that was part of my spangel script i figured yes give it to me spike <laughs> give me all those spikes spike <laughs> give me all your hot rods uh moving on in my torso moving on because i deserve it and they don't make me moving happy on at all <laughs> they make me so broody spike are you done? Yeah, take it, bitch. Are you done? Spangel. Come on. Spangel. And you're what? Shocked and disappointed? I'm evil. You should know better. You should know better than the fate the face of the world. That was pathetic. You should know better. You should know better than the fate the face of the world. There's a lot more with that. A fantastic day. Birds singing. Swirls making lots of rotten little swirls. You know that... that 
fan fiction has to actually exist. And it definitely <laughs> already exists in yeah. many capacities. <laughs> which is why I threw it out. So they're like, hey, Spike, we're here, and we actually have the ring. The dumbass has actually brought the real ring. By the way, guess what? We really have it. And Doyle, like, hucks it onto the floor, and Spike's like, hey, guess what? I'm not actually going to give him back to you. You didn't see that coming, did you? Oh, big surprise, Spike. You're the bad guy. To to (laughs) coin a special Sunnydale phrase, duh. Yeah, no shit. And then Oz's van busts down the wall of the warehouse like, oh, yeah. There's your Kool-Aid moment. There it is. Spike tucks and rolls, presumably to avoid the sunlight? I guess? Because that van came absolutely nowhere near him. Yeah. (laughs) He's just like, oh, no, I'm scared of loud noises. (laughs) Whatever will I do? (laughs) Being the big bad villain that I am... Doyle and Cordy grab Angel and they like start to carry him to the van. Oz is hanging out his his driver's side window with two fucking crossbows. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because Spike was so affected by those when Cordelia was holding them. To be fair, though, I suspect that Oz is a better shot than Cordy is. Also, he had two of them. Yes. And also, he's a werewolf. Definitely has keener senses, even yeah. in his human form, than Cordelia does. So yes, for that reason, I agree. He's almost certainly a better shot. So yeah, they get they get Angel into the van. They drive off. Spike is like, "Oh, that's fine. I'll just grab the ring." Oh no! Oh fuck! Oh, Marcus must have taken it. Yeah. Who could have possibly foreseen that? Angel. Angel possibly foreseen that. Yeah. <laughs> So Marcus is outside, cut to the beach, or a pier, or a dock, or something, where he's shopping for children. Like, if you're a vampire, and you get a fucking magic ring that lets you go out into the sun, the first fucking place I would go is a goddamn beach. Oh, right? Yeah, definitely. Especially in LA, you got all that coastline there. Yeah. And so we see the ring on his finger... And we cut back to the van where the gang is hightailing it to somewhere safe, but where? Maybe a hospital, but that doesn't work. He's not alive. Right. Yeah. What's the fucking hospital going to do? Also, it's daytime. I think the first thing the hospital would do would be like, he doesn't have a heartbeat, but he's moving. Oh, my God. Ah, (laughs) That's exactly the noise they'd make. (laughs) Yes. Angel's like, no, fucking turn around. Marcus probably has the ring. He likes little kids. We got to go stop him. Yeah. We get a scene of Spike throwing a little hissy fit to himself where he breaks the record player, uh, goes on a small localized self-pitying rampage. He's like, I do all the legwork and what do I get? Royally screwed. No more partners. I'm a lone wolf from here on out. Look out. Here comes Spike, the biggest Baddest, and then his hair catches on fire from one of the bullet holes <laughs> where the sunlight is coming through. I had to pause it and laugh for a solid five minutes on Which that scene. Was almost as good as him getting tased in the middle of a big badass speech. Yes. Almost. Anyway, turns out he's the biggest baddest douche canoe to not be able to withstand sunlight without bursting into flames. He's so badass. Yeah. Mall. Cut to the pier. Back to the beach. Marcus trolls for children. Yeah. Yeah. And then gets hit by a van. Yeah. Where they... It's so fucking magical that they just... (laughs) 
that A, that they know that they even need to be looking for Marcus. They didn't see him take the ring. No. It's only been established to us, the viewers, that Marcus has the ring and that Spike is pissed off about it. And then the Scooby 2.0 gang starter kit with limited edition Oz add-on. I was really going to be disappointed (laughs) if you didn't continue the whole phrase. (laughs) That happens to know... Just intuitively, yeah, that they have to go look for Marcus and not Spike, and that he's standing somewhere on a pier that the van can drive on and can hit him. Oh my God! They'd have had to <laughs> circumvent so many pedestrians that wouldn't give a flying fuck. And you're trying to drive through there, right? And I guarantee there had to have been like those cement posts. Yeah, like there's no way you can't get no a vehicle way. onto those fucking things for that reason. Exactly. But they hit him with a van. Cordy and Doyle jump out and start attacking him, but you know he has the ring. He's fine. Well, Cordy jumps out to save the children. Won't somebody think of the children? <laughs> Doyle tries his hand at some hand-to-hand combat with Marcus. Oz shoots his crossbows at him, which he immediately is just like, "Ha, huh, pish posh." <laughs> melee sticks and twigs and they are because he has the ring yeah uh, but then the only reason this isn't a bad idea is that it works <laughs> <laughs> it's because somebody wrote it ahead of time and it was carefully shot yes yeah so oz steps back to the van and goes angel are you sure about this and he's like yeah and Oz flings open the back door of the van and Angel runs out of the van, bursts into flames and tackles Marcus off the pier. Yeah. So this is the first time I ever thought about the stunt person because that actor was actually on fire. Yes. And you could tell that they were covered in this weird grease. And let me tell you. At least he was running directly into water because that's where you want to go. That's the only way to get out of that one unscathed. Yeah. Like, we're going to light you on fire. You'll be on fire for about five to ten seconds and then you'll land in water and it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to tackle this other guy, too. (laughs) Make sure that he goes with you. Like, he didn't grab him very hard, but they used the shot anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's the kind of trick you can only do once. Yes. Or it takes hours to set it up again. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. No shit. So they... So I... Under the boardwalk. <laughs> Angel fights this guy under the boardwalk. I actually was, really love that song. He's on fire by the sky under the boardwalk. <laughs> but uh, under the boardwalk, they're not on fire anymore. Right, but I mean, he was before. They're fighting, they're fighting each other. Yeah. It's a pretty rudimentary fight, but it ends in just kind of a humorous moment to me marcus gets too cocky like you do when you have an invincibility ring and are a vampire that is of little note and angel impales him on an errant broken board yeah and then marcus is like what i'm invincible Uh look how invincible i am look how easily this ring comes off of your finger also jackass what surprised face quickly revealing the ring's biggest weakness If you're a dipshit, you can still easily be killed. Yes. So Angel puts the ring on and gets to walk out from under the boardwalk and see the sunshine. Scooby 2.0 starter kit with limited edition one time only Oz attachment run to his aid. This was very obviously shot at the tail end of the day. (laughs) The cinematography for the scene, they're shooting it like the sun's above. But the shadows 
were long shadows. <laughs> if you get a chance, rewatch it. The background crew, the extras, not great. <laughs> not great at all. Well, also, I mean, they're all just milling about like it's a normal day and not right. like they just watched a van hit somebody <laughs> and somebody burst into flames tackling him into the water and then fought him under the dock in right. clear line of sight. Like, there's no way that people weren't like, holy shit, what's going on over here? And then impaled him on a stick where he promptly no longer existed all of a sudden. Maybe, maybe it's that mentality of like, no, don't look away. Don't don't get involved. Just, just don't get involved. Yeah. Let the weird shit happen. I feel like there's a <laughs> reference to... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the somebody else's problem field. Yes, there was definitely a somebody else's problem field around them. Yes. That's the one. Thank you. Well, that's somebody else's problem. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Angel, are you okay? But he's having an anti-broody moment as he sees the first bit of sunlight he's been able to enjoy for over 200 years. My favorite thing is like how many times Oz is like, he's very pale. <laughs> yes. Like, Paler than a normal person. Yeah. You think us? What the hell? He hasn't seen sunlight in over 200 years. Yeah. And he's probably not taking his vitamin D. No. No. I, I highly do I, I doubt he needs vitamin D. I, I doubt it. Well, I mean, I'm sure he gets plenty of vitamin D from the blood he drinks, eh. frankly. But, yeah. Cut to... Same place, a little later, the sun is setting. Well, it's a rooftop. I think, I suspect it's the roof, the rooftop of the building that Angel Investigations is in. Oh, okay. No, I felt like he was still on that pier. No, it's a rooftop. If you say so, I'll take your word for it. Either way, he's watching his last sunset, talking to Doyle. Doyle's Ain like, oh, how long between sunsets? Well, 200 fucking years, Doyle. Yeah, a little over 200 <laughs> years. Angel, of course, is too fucking broody to keep the ring. Oh, God. I kind of get his logic here, though. Kind of. Like, his logic is basically, I'm a creature of the night, and I can do things because I'm a creature of the night. He's worried he'll forget about the people who need him at nighttime if he starts being a daywalker. Fucking, uh, put the fucking ring in a lockbox or something, dude. Yeah, put get it a back, big ass safe. Put it back under that brick in the sewer. Save it for a rainy day. Don't get a fucking job at a bank and play golf. Just right. fucking hang on to it, dipshit. Hang on to it for that moment when somebody's inevitably like, he's actually a vampire. And then you can be like, no, I'm not. Look, I'm out in the daytime. No. I couldn't possibly be a vampire. No, uh yeah. I'm just very pale. Or, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Or, hey, there's this thing that I need to fight that could easily kill me. Maybe I should wear this ring to this fight. Or, hey, there's this giant nest of vampires, and I could easily take out this nest of vampires if I attacked them during the day. And, I don't know, super glue the ring onto your finger or something. Don't right. be stupid like Marcus was. Put, put the ring on, and then put a glove on. Yeah! Ta-da! There you go. <laughs> Swallow the ring. Have it embedded under your skin somehow. Put it on your toe. <laughs> yes yes it's a pinky ring it just got there you go extra douchey but effective <laughs> it's the first time ever that douchiness is more effective so doyle he's, he's really got angel's number here 
And he's just echoing what we're all thinking. Yeah. As viewers, he's like, you got a real addiction to the brooding part of life. Anyone ever tell you that? A couple of times. And then other lines of note, he says, uh, no, I've thought of it from every angle. And what I figure is I did a lot of damage in my day, more than you can imagine. So what? You don't get the ring because your period of self-flagellation isn't over yet? I mean, think of all the daytime people you could help between 9 and 5. And that was just relevant because that's really what wrapped up yeah. his reasoning for destroying the ring. Which I still think is bullshit, but okay. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. Angel, you're being dumb. Like Buffy wanted you to have it so that she knew you would be safe. Yeah. Wear it for Buffy, shithead. Yeah. Or don't. Uh, anyway, the, the line that closes out... The lines that close out the episode. Angel goes, I don't know about you, but I had a nice day. You know, except for the bulk of it where I was nearly tortured to death. Yeah, well, you stood up. Oh, God. I was this close to telling him everything. One more hot poker and I was giving him the ring. Your mom, everything. How is your mom? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna give him. I was gonna tell him where your grandma hides her money, <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, it was so fucked. It's so nice for it to end on a moment where it's not broody ass Angel. Yeah, though. we got to see Happy like, Angel for a minute. He actually like is quipping and like humorous, and it's like he made it your mom joke. Like, if for no other reason, save the rings so that you can see a sunset every now and again. Right? Shit, man. Just put it in a giant fucking impenetrable safe. Yes, you. Collect clearly have enough self-control and self-loathing exactly. to force yourself to not use it, and it'll be like, fine. Put it in a tiny safe, and then take that tiny safe and put that in a safe. <laughs> and then put that medium-sized safe in a big-ass safe. Or, for Christ's sake, take those safes, drop them in the ocean, and mark down the coordinates. Yeah. And if you ever really need it, take a submarine down there to get it or a dive team or something. Anyway, Gur Arg. Gur fucking Arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more. Nice. I shall give, walk in Hold on. You've got something here, huh? We had a lot of tangents this episode. A couple. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? You know, for being an episode that really not a whole hell of a lot happens, story-wise, I, I really fucking enjoyed it. I think it's still delivered. I mean, we had Spike, we had Oz, there was a lot of funny quipping. Like, the plot felt a bit thin. We poked plenty of holes in the plot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it still was fun. Yeah. It wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't a great episode, but I had fun, and that's really what's And it's important. always nice to see Spike, and it's always nice to see Oz. Yes. Yes, it is. What's your quote of the day? I, I'm going to have to go with the exchange between Oz and Angel when they first see each other. Mm-hmm. Oz. Angel. Nice surprise. Thanks. Staying long? Few days. But really, my quote of the day is, after Doyle says, they always like this, no, we're usually laconic. <laughs> we're usually laconic. <laughs> that was a good one. Right out of the gate, too. What's your quote of the day, Josh? All right. My quote of the day, I'm going to go with a slightly more serious one. 
It's when he's talking to Rachel. Angel says, what I'm saying is, if you leave Lenny for good, it'll hurt. But eventually you'll be stronger for it. And maybe you'll find your way to the kind of love you deserve. I love this line because it hit me hard in the reality kidney. Yeah. I wasn't joking about that. These are words that hit really close to home for shit that's been going on a lot in my life recently. It was just a nice little truth bean thing. A little truth bean. A little truth bean. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Stuck in amongst a, an otherwise relatively fluffy, stupid episode. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. I just got bitten in the knee by your cat. Yeah, he does that sometimes. <laughs> um, this has been Ale with Angel. As always, you can find us on Facebook. Oh, it is your closing. Yes, it is my closing. You can find us on Facebook as Beer with Buffy. You can find us on Twitter as Beer with Buffy. Uh, as always, review us on iTunes, please. Like, they're love bites. He's trying Stop to. Biting he my he wants to play. <laughs> He wants to play. Okay. As always, review us on iTunes. Like we said in the beginning of the episode, is the absolute number one way that you can help grow our podcast. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by buying merch through store.beerwithbuffy.com or support us directly, patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. We'll even read your name. How about that? Woo, yeah. If you'd like to talk to us about innocuous angel and buffy things you can do so in a number of ways through email beerwithbuffy at gmail.com through our voicemail which also accepts texts at 269-743-0783 and then finally a big thank you to jj treadway for all our new angel music this has been ale with angel i'm rex i'm josh keanu speed josh Reefs be with you. <laughs> We're totally doing that giveaway. Keanu Reeves coloring book. Yeah. It's going to happen. done why are we watching this <laughs>